Guys, we're excited to have Matt with us today, and um, one of the main reasons to do this is most people really want a six-figure income, but they're not willing to do the six-figure activity to make that happen. Matt did, and I wanted him to share that with you today. Others, they just don't understand that it takes a six-figure uh, activity to make things happen. and. Uh, they're not willing to become uncomfortable in order to become comfortable later. Uh, the reason we asked Mac on the call today is he understood this mindset from the start. Uh, he became an elite producer with our company by doing that six-figure activity first to receive the prize of the six-figure income over that first year. And uh, Matt has a mindset much like ours, and that mindset is 2020 is going to be a life-changing year and part of the reason or the main reason he and we believe that is because of what we all learned in 2019. So that was a very big deal for us. Um, Matt, you got started with us. You started, uh, you know, ICA in January of 2019, uh, 2019. And uh, I think you got licensed and started actually working in February of 2019. There was a little stress in your life at the time. Would you tell us about that time in your life and how your career, because this was a new career, how your career was launched with Equus at that time? Yeah, thank you, uh, Dick and Connie, for having me on the call. I really, uh, really appreciate it. Truly honored. You know, we have grown to uh, just have a great relationship over the past 12 months. Uh, you know, seeing you guys at the local Equus training camps in Philly and, you know, at conference a few times. And it was also nice, you know, to go out to dinner with you guys um, after the Philly ETC with Rob Jones and uh, I think, Tim, yeah, Tim Herbert and, and John Short. So, um, you know, just to kind of answer your question, yeah, I mean, these, these past 12 months have been a, a journey filled with excitement, disappointment, um, growing pains, and just all-out grit. Um, you know, so you're right, I did sign my ICA towards the, uh, I think it was the third week of January, and, you know, I, I got my license around February 1st. It was about um, 10 days later. That's pretty incredible, because you, do you operate mainly in New Jersey or also in Pennsylvania? So I am, I live in Delaware, and so I work uh, Delaware, Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, and some parts of Virginia. Wow. Wow. Uh, we may try to go there later on in the call. Now, when you first started, you went 0 for 6. Tell us about that. What were you thinking? What was going through your head at that time? <laughs> um, well, yeah, that was, a, that was a tough two days, my first two days in the field. Yeah, I went 0 for 6, and, uh, you know, I just remember talking Matthew Weiner. Uh, he's my upline manager, and I remember having a, a couple conversations with him. And he just was telling me, you know, your next yes is right around the corner. And um, you know, I, I basically trusted everything that he said. I trusted the Equus system. I saw other people out there winning. I knew that the numbers don't lie. Um, and yeah, my first application, uh, it was a children's whole life policy. And I remember, you know, uh, calling him and. <laughs> telling him I made, you know, uh, you know, 40 bucks. And he was like, good job, man. No, you actually made 500. 
And I was like, no, I think I only made 40 bucks, I, I think. And he was like, no, your next application is going to equal out or your next, you know, your next couple applications is going to equal out uh, to about $500 an application. And he was right. Like my next, my next uh, appointment, Dick, was um, I sat down with an older gentleman. He had some health issues, and I, and I ended up putting him into a, a Transamerica standard uh, policy and um, made you know 900 bucks so the numbers the numbers worked out for me and uh, and then the following um, and then I just kept going you know after that well one of the things that's important for people to hear with what Matt just said is getting that first sale was huge and uh, and then understanding that the law of large numbers will take care of you. Yes, he made forty bucks on the first one, but the first two averaged to five hundred dollars, and that's key because we have to focus on the law of large numbers in in any sales business. You know, um, I, I remember one Saturday I went one week I went with no sales, and the following week I got home from a, a trip, and I really didn't want to run my fifth appointment on Saturday because at that point in time, I was already four for four. And I get to the fifth, the last appointment, and I remember walking up to the door hoping they wouldn't answer because I was, I was cooked. And uh, they did, and I remember saying uh, the first few sentences of my presentation, and then I just kind of blanked out. I was on autopilot, and when I got to the end, I said, then now I just need a void check. And I really, guys, because I do the same thing over, didn't remember anything in the meantime of what was said and what transpired in that presentation. But the law of large numbers caught up and took care of me at that time. That is, that's a big deal. Now, I understand you ended up the year north of 130000 of issue paid. Um, Tell us about how that transpired. Yeah, so I, you know, I did make one hundred and thirty thousand of uh, income this past year, and um, I actually became a, a diamond elite producer, uh, issue paying over two hundred fifty thousand. So those are just some of the goals that I set for myself. Um, basically, to to be completely transparent, I I just went to work every single day. I got in my car five days a week. Uh, sometimes I didn't have appointments on the books, but I had doors that, you know, I needed to door knock. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to doing door knocks. Like, I've been door knocking uh, for about 13 years now because with my previous job, I was a project manager uh, for a cable contracting company, and we specialized in collections. So if a subscriber was, you know, um, 60 days behind on their cable bill, then myself or one of my retention specialists, we would go, uh, we would get a work order, and we would try and save that client by setting up a payment arrangement and, and picking up their cable equipment. Um, and then some of the systems that I worked for, we um, we were still disconnecting from the pole. And I really enjoyed that work because I was helping people um, setting up payment arrangements and saving their accounts. Um, but yeah, I, I I was making 130 with that job, and I'm just so fortunate uh, that I was able to continue with my lifestyle over the past 12 months, um, you know, with this job and make exactly what I made um, in my previous job just by going out there and, and working hard and not arguing, you know. Well, let me ask you this, because both, uh, I mean, I know you set appointments uh, to go see people, but you also did some door-to-door -door, uh, door knocking. But as a bill collector, you know, I remember you making the comment that when you're doing the bill collecting, you felt more like that was a job 
what's the difference? I mean, the income the first year, and I know it's going to be different the second year, but what's the difference between what you were doing as bill collection versus what's, what you're experiencing at Equus? Well, I am controlling my own income now, where before, I mean, I was making commission before, but it's more like I can work when I want to work. Um, you know, I can set my own schedule up. Um, I've got that mindset of, of always having a positive attitude and, um, and a, you know, having a positive um, mindset, positive uh, activity. And, um, you know, just with with everything that Equus stands for, their core values, um, it's just a company that I, I stand behind, um, and I, I love being in business with, with everybody that's um, you know, wears the Equus hat every day. Well, I remember you making the comment that the flexibility was a big part, because I understand your wife has gone back to school, so you needed more flexibility in your job. Without Equus, would it have been possible for her to go back to school if you'd had to if you'd have stayed where you were at? Yeah, yeah, she would have. I had I had some flexibility with my other position, um, and she she's actually been going back to school, Dick, for I don't know five years now, and I'm, I'm I can't wait for her to graduate. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, she's she starts her internship uh, in a couple in a couple months, so uh, we're excited for that. But yeah, I mean. The flexible schedule, being able to be Mr. Mom sometimes, and uh, you know, like you said, I've, I've got three kids and a wife that's going back to school to get her master's, so um, it, it it does help a lot with the schedule. I can, um, you know, uh, take certain days off and, and work around uh, the kids' activities and all that good stuff. Well, I remember you made the comment on a, a call, or maybe when we were talking to you about your income not being capped. And that was a big thing for you at Equus, and we're going to get a feel at the end of the call on what you expect for the, uh, 2020. But what part of the Equus dream caught your attention when you first heard about this? Um, being my own business owner, you know, um, just just having the having the opportunity, you know, to go out there and run my own show because I, I, I'm building a team, you know. Um, with my other job, we didn't, we didn't huddle up like this and, and have these calls. Um, you know, just, just lately I've been able to work on my, uh, you know, personal development, you know, and uh, reading a lot more. Um, you know, Matthew Weiner and, and a few of our other team members, we started a book club, um, you know, and keeping ourselves accountable for when we're, when we're reading. Um, and we're reading the... Um, you know, the Equus uh, Book of the Month, uh, Bottom of the Pool by Andy Andrews. And I can say one thing, like, the way you perceive things really can influence the way you react to them. Um, and for these new people out there, you know, if you want to create a life of your dreams, then you are really going to have to take 100% responsibility of your life, uh, giving up all your excuses, all your victim stories, um, you know, all the reasons why you can't and why you haven't until now, you know, all, all your blaming of outside, you know, circumstances, you've got to give them up forever. And it really goes back, Dick, to our, you know, core value of ownership, owning my own business and freedom, making my own decisions and, and having my own responsibility for my income and my success. 
you know, I'm responsible for every choice I make. Um, and I know for some people that can be like gut wrenching, but to me, I've always had the dream of owning my own business. And I saw this opportunity as like that, that, that path, um, that I can achieve my goals if I set my mind to them, you know? You know, uh, that income aspect of it and that freedom and boy, the only way you can build your own business is taking responsibility for the good decisions and the bad, um, Truer words were not spoken. Um, as, as we walk through, now you got your license, um, um, the process for you, uh, then there was training involved. Um, tell us a little bit about that. When you started the training system, uh, tell us how that worked. Did, did somebody ride in the car with you? Did you, uh, just what, what, what did you do to get trained to get up and going? Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody rode with me. I, I didn't meet anybody in the business until June, so about four months after I had started, I got invited to Nick Theodore's Leaders Retreat in Ohio, and I went to that, and I finally met everybody. Um, most of my, you know, I needed that training uh, when I first started. I needed all the conference calls, the webinars. I got plugged into the training center. Uh, we didn't have any ETCs, uh, Equus Training Camps, when I first got started. Um, so, you know, for all these new people, get to an ETC near you. Within, If it's four hours away, I don't care. Get in the car and go. Um, you know, I, I got into the, um, like I said, the training center, Dick. Um, uh, Nick Theodore has his own kind of training website, so I, I got plugged into that, and I went through the steps. Um, I probably watched Bill Martin's in-home presentation 20 or 30 times before my first appointment. You know, um, I knew that I, I needed the training because I had never done this before, um, you know, when I first, when I, I knew when I first started, I needed the training, but, um, I had the, you know, the determination and I knew I was a hard worker so I could make it work. Well, now I remember when you first started, you sit down and you laid out what kind of income you needed to let work or earn, and then you work backwards on that. Tell us about how that process worked. Yeah, of course. So working backwards, um, what, what Matthew, did for me was uh, Matthew Weiner. He kept it, you know, we kept it simple as possible. Um, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. I let the business dictate what I'm going to do. So um, I basically listened to everything that Matthew Weiner and Nick Theodore told me to do. And a lot of it didn't make sense, but I did it anyway, you know. So I put my ego in my back pocket because I needed to win, uh, you know, for my family. So, um, you know, like, like you said, we worked backwards. Um, I figured out I needed 15 appointments a week. Um, you know, 15 appointments on my calendar, no exceptions, because a few of those will no-show you. So I, I wanted to sit on at least 12 to 13 appointments. Uh, we figured out how many leads I needed to buy and what type of leads. Um, so all these new people out there, um, you've got to invest in leads. Um, and we figured out, like, we have, you know, the ratio. So if you buy 100 C leads, then you should set about 10 appointments on the phone. And for me, I, I didn't have a problem door knocking my first week in the field because that's what I like doing. So when I first started, I, I did a bunch of door knocks. Um, uh, out of those 100 C leads, I think I did set about 10 appointments on the phone. But then I went and door knocked, you know, uh, the other – there was about 80 or so left over uh, because 10 or 15 of them told me uh, they had already got it taken care of. And, um, you know, I think I bought also 30 B leads and I set about five appointments on the phone, 
and I door knock the other 25. You know, this this business is so predictable. If you just go to work every day, and um, what I did, I just asked myself, how many appointments do I need to hit my goals? Because I needed to make 130, so I knew I needed, you know, 15 appointments, so that way I can get, um, you know, at least uh, seven sales a week. Now, you made the comment earlier, uh, one of the rules that we have followed pretty closely has been, you know, if you um, spend $100 on leads, that should generate about $1,000 in income. And as I'm looking at those numbers you just gave us, that's pretty accurate. Have you found that to be the case? Uh, the ratio, you said $100 you spend on leads? Yeah, for every – like yeah, you had made the comment you bought 100 C leads and you got about 10 appointments out of that and then you door knocked to get five more to get your 12 uh, sits that week. And um, that would have generated probably in the neighborhood of 2000 to $3,000 in income that first week. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, my ratios were actually a little bit different. My first month, I invested about 350 my first month in the business, and I made about $8,200. Uh, that's, you know, not, not normal. Um, I think I had a, a very, very good margins my first month, but then it kind of leveled out months two, two and three. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty accurate, uh, Dick. All right, let me point out something to everybody on the call here today. Had he not door-knocked, you know that 3500 probably would have been about right. But because he did the door knock, instead of earning $3,500 in income or writing $3,500 in business, he wrote 8200 So we talked, we started off about doing the activity, you know, that six-figure activity. That's what, that's what the difference is, guys. That's the secret sauce. First off, understanding that there's a certain amount of activity involved. If you want to make $1,000 a week, there's an activity level to make $1,000 a week. That's the beauty of our business. If you want to make $2,500, you need two things to do that. You need an activity that's going to generate $2,500, and you also need enough leads, enough people to talk to, enough resources. We call it inventory in order to do that. Um, how do you what, what's your take on getting new agents getting leads, Matt? Um, I mean, investing in leads is is one like one of the biggest things that I preach to my new agents because you know you can't. I mean, I know you can speak with your friends and family, but that's not going to hold up. I mean, you've got to invest in leads get in front of more people, um, and even people that tell me no or not interested over the phone, Dick, I still door knock some of those. Like, um, you know, you have people that just try to brush you off, get you off the phone. I've, I've sold policies, um, you know, to be, to be completely transparent with you. Like, I got my first death claim about three weeks ago, and that was a guy that I door knocked. He actually told me he wasn't interested over the phone, and I went and door knocked him. He let me in, and I sold him a GPM uh, Classic One policy. And I ended up getting a death claim about two weeks ago. So my total mindset has completely changed this past month. Of like, I am doing a, a, a disservice to these clients if I'm not trying my hardest to get in front of more people. And um, you now that's how I can answer that question. <laughs> wow! Because yeah. guys, 
one of the things that we try to impress upon everybody when you're first starting, I know you're out there struggling trying to get your first sale, right, that first child app, but what we do, we live a life of significance. Can you imagine? Now, Matt never would have known if he hadn't door knocked that case that that guy died and what tragedy would have befallen, befallen on that family because of not having that coverage. But by going the extra mile, that's the activity that's the difference between somebody making seventy five or 80000 a year their first year versus somebody making one hundred and thirty or, or plus. So those are the kind of things that make a difference for us. So when we're sitting there and getting shut down, uh, just remember, you know, you've got the secret sauce for these people. Now, it's our job and as managers and your job as an agent to learn how to connect with those people in such a way that we can help them, you know, because they don't know. It's not their fault. It's our fault. Now, I don't mean it quite literally that way, but we've got the secret sauce that will change their life, and we just have to figure out a way to present it. Uh, I'm meeting with a, a lady tonight that uh, I've been talking to her son since he was uh, a sophomore in college. And the rascal has now got a job as a firefighter, but he is a rock climber. And I'm thinking, why in the world didn't we do this application a couple of months before you started rock climbing? You know, it would have made it a lot easier, but that's not going to change or deter me. I'm going to do everything I can to try to get something in place on this guy. Why? Because what we do matters. It really does. Um, take me back to what – let's go back to the in-home presentation. Um, when I listen to uh, some of the things that you've said at different meetings and so on, you felt like the in-home was something that you really needed to learn and master. Tell us about what your thought process was and what you did to become proficient in the home because it didn't take long because you got after it right away. Yeah, I mean, I – my wife and I, we believe in positive, uh, positive energy and speaking things into existence. So I always have that positive mindset, Dick. Whenever I, um, you know, whenever I set an appointment on the phone, I've always got that mindset when I'm dialing, when I'm in the home with somebody. Um, you know, I walk up to every door and every appointment with the confidence that I'm going to get a sale and, you know, protect this family because I've got that mindset. Um, because we all go through the times where we, we get discouraged, such as a bad day or a bad week, or maybe a bad month. Um, but um, but when I'm in the in, when I'm doing the presentation, like uh, in-home presentation, I um, my first my first thing that I do every single time, even if the house is a complete wreck and it smells like cats, um, I still take my shoes off, even if they've got sh their shoes on. I do that. Um, I, you know, I, I try to get to the kitchen table. They, sometimes people want to sit on the couch. I say, well, there's a couple things I need to go over with you that I need to spread out. You guys got a table we could sit at? I always put the husband and wife uh, next to each other so they're not across. Um, that way you've got that, you know, communication with them, and you can look both of them in the eyes. Um, and, I, and I just care and connect, you know, for the first 15 minutes or so. Um, sometimes I'll pull out my needs analysis and ask a couple questions here and there. That way I'm not drilling down. Um, you know, while I'm in my in-home presentation, but um, I just try to keep it really simple, and I use the Ford method, which is uh, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, 
So we'll talk about and maybe some kids or maybe what's keeping them busy nowadays with their occupation, um, what they do for for uh, for recreation, like what type of activities they do. Maybe they um, you know do some swimming or uh, something like that. And then if they've got any anything planned, like any vacations, um, those are just a couple things I touch on. And then um, and then I move into you know my needs analysis, my um, I try to figure out, uh, try to find the pain. Uh, I try to, um, you know, I, I do my presentation pretty similar to what Nick Theodore does on the training center. You know, I use a couple in-home tools such as the new kind of life insurance, and then I also use um, the, um, I think it's uh, the U, uh, term and UL um, grid, where it's got the six companies. I just I try to take care of objections before they come up. So I always talk about how I'm a broker. I can shop around for you. And then I always try to take care of the I think about it before it comes up at the end. So when I'm going over my in-home presentation, I say, um, you know, something like there's no, there's no medical exam you have to go through, uh, Dick and Connie, but uh, they are going to check your prescription history. They're going to check the MIB, which is, um, you know, something uh, – that all insurance companies report to, Medical Information Bureau, and they're going to check my field underwriting report because I'm a licensed agent. And if all three of those match up to what's on the application, um, then um, then it gets approved within a couple days. So we're going to take care of an application later to, uh, here in a bit, but um, I'm gonna, and I'm going to show you a couple quotes here and there. But um, if we you know if we find something that fits your budget and needs, uh, will we be able to take care of this today? And I just simply come up, I simply you know, ask for that confirmation in the beginning, so that way I don't sit down with them for a half an hour, and then at the end they tell me they're going to think about it some more, and um, you know, I wasted my time and I wasted their time. So, great, that's how I handle great it. idea. I love the way you introduce the prescription history report, the MID, and then it has to match up with my field underwriting report so that they understand the way they answer those questions on the application had better match up with the reality of their history. Yeah, I would just say that for any new agent on this line, it would be worth listening to the podcast at least once again just to hear what Matt said there. That verbiage uh, can make a difference. Uh, you know, we had that call a couple weeks ago with David Crocker talking about how to drill down. And remember, we had all that interference on the line, so we weren't able to get a good recording. We will redo that in a couple weeks. But guys, that is critical, having the client understand that they need to tell all of their prescriptions, not just the ones that they you know, are taking this month, but to go back and back. All right, uh, Matt, I'm going to have to do two things. I'd like to role play with you on the door knock real quick because for those of you listening on the call today, and some of you are saying, now, wait a minute, Charlie Brown, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do door knocks. You know, that's okay. Um, if, if you're all right not doing door knocks and making seventy five dollars to $80,000 a year instead of one hundred and thirty dollars or one hundred and fifty, dollars that's fine. But we want to give you the tools to say, okay, I do want to do the activity to be a six-figure income murder. Tell me what it is. So that's what we're going to do here. And then I'd like to close out, Matt, with some of your goals for this next year. So if uh, why don't you uh, walk up the door and knock on my door, and I'll be that person. Set the stage for how you do it, and then give us a little bit of a role play on what you actually do. Okay. So at the door, I don't try to sell anybody. I just try to get in the door just like a phone call. We're not salespeople. We're field underwriters that need to go over the information at the client's kitchen table. So if you've got that mindset, 
of just getting in the door, then you will be successful with this. Um, so, you know, to kind of set it up, Dick, uh, if I was going to door knock your, your door, uh, I would probably pull right up in the driveway uh, if there wasn't any cars. Um, I'd keep my car running. I'd keep my door open. I would basically run up to the door with a big, heavy clipboard. I think you've seen my clipboard at the uh, Philly ETC. That thing is about three inches thick. And um, yeah. I also... <laughs> I, I, I've got my calendar inside of it. I've got my door tags inside of it. I've got everything I need. I've got my lanyard on with my um, Equus lanyard, lanyard with uh, my uh, ID. Um, I don't have an actual ID badge, but I've got my um, my um, license, small uh, my license uh, in there. And then um, I'll knock on the door and I'll say something like, uh, "Yep, hi Dick. I'm Matthew Gibbons with the Mortgage Protection. How you doing today?" Good, good, thank you. Good, okay. Well, I was just in the area helping another family, and I've been trying to reach you, Dick, um, either you or Connie, and um, and then basically what I'll do is I'll hand Dick the clipboard and say nothing. So I'm handing Dick the clipboard, and sometimes crickets will just, it'll just be crickets for like five, ten seconds. Don't say anything. Let them ask you a question. Most of the time they'll say, what's this for, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, well, is this your handwriting, Dick? Uh, yeah, yeah, that is. Okay. Well, I'm the field, and I talk really slow. Well, I'm the field underwriter in uh, in charge of going over this with you today, and I'm really busy today. But it, it looks like um, you know, it looks like a good time to squeeze you in. It's about the mortgage protection that you requested. Oh yeah, I kind of I think my wife is one that really spearheaded this. Okay, no problem. Yeah, it. Uh, it looks like it hasn't been taken care of, so I'm the field underwriter in charge of going over this with you and Connie. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to sell anything here. I'm just trying to get in the door or set an appointment. So I just say, you know, now looks like a good time. Uh, okay, yeah, fine. Come on in. Perfect, okay. And there you go. I, and then I go out and shut my car off, and I say, I'll be right back. Let me grab my bag. And then if he, if he gives me an objection, uh, like I already took care of it, um, then I'll say something like, um, okay, well, I'm, I'm happy that you took care of it. On my end, it looks like it wasn't taken care of. That's why I'm here. Um, I know you're busy. I'm busy. But um, what company? Did you get somebody to come out? And sometimes you'll get right to it, and they'll say, no, nobody came out. We figured we already have life insurance. And, and then, I, again, I don't try to sell anybody at the door. I just say, well, this is a little bit different than traditional life insurance. It's actually a little bit better. Um, takes about five minutes to explain it to you. Now looks like a good time, and that's it. That's all okay. I say. And you're going to get in the house. Now, how do you point out that it is different than regular life insurance? I just simply say you don't have to die in order to receive the money. Guys, listen, that's the, the living benefits without using the word. Uh, the reason we try not to use the word is if they have an, uh, an insurance agent and got regular life insurance, when you leave, they're going to call and ask that agent, hey, d does my policy have living benefits? And in half the time, they're going to say yes. And half the time, they're going to say no because they don't know what it is. But a lot of times when we talk about being foreclosure protection, so uh, I had a guy last night that I set an appointment with that said he had insurance. I said, yeah, I said, everybody's got insurance. I said, some people even have mortgage protection. I said, but most people don't have an equity protection plan. He was older, so I did an equity protection. 
oh, okay, yeah, I, I probably need that. Or if they're younger, I'm going to be using the word, uh, well, yeah, it doesn't appear that you got a plan that has foreclosure protection. And that kind of throws them off because they've, they don't know how to answer that, and you've got a chance of getting in the door. Um, great job on that. Do you mind if we take a moment and have you do a phone script for us? Okay, no problem. You know, I think Matt did say earlier that he does a, a lot of door knocking as opposed to, uh, you know, appointment setting. But I have to tell you that I have heard Matt do his phone setting in the ETC, which is invaluable, guys, if you're even a day's drive up to an ETC. You need to get there. Um, but Matt is so comfortable on the phone that it just goes right through the cyberspace to that person and all of his positive energy conveys over to them. And even a grumpy person listening to Matt will often turn around and set the appointment. So let's hear how he does it. Uh, you go ring, 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 and I'll answer, and then I'll be that person on the phone for you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Connie. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I actually got really lucky at the Philly ETC when I did the live <laughs> dials. I mean, like, I, I think, and then John <laughs> John went 0 for 6, and I think I went 4 for 5. I, I'm, I'm, that was a lot of luck there. But anyway, so. Um, yeah, that okay, was a ring, fun ring. day. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, Dick, this is Matthew Gibbons. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. Yeah, I was trying to reach either you or, or Connie. Uh, I just wanted to touch base with you uh, real quick, let you guys know that we did receive the paperwork uh, that you mailed into our office at the Mortgage Protection Center. And it, it looks like you're with uh, Wells Fargo and you're over there on uh, Juliet Street. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. So... You know, my name is Matthew Gibbons, and I'm actually the uh, the local field underwriter that's been assigned this paperwork, Dick. And just real quick before I let you go, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit of research, um, and it looks like uh, you guys put on here that that Dick, you're 25 years old. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And Connie, uh, she's a little younger than you. It looks like she's 23, and both non-smokers. That's correct. Okay. Perfect. Um, and it looks like with your mortgage there, um, you've got uh, about 150000 Is that also correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So I'm just doing a little research for you. Um, I'll, you know, it'll be in your hands after this. But um, I, I, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm the field underwriter, and I've got to bring this information out to go over it with you guys. It takes about 15, 20 minutes, sometimes a little longer if you guys have a lot of questions. But um I've I've got an appointment uh, scheduled. Uh, I could schedule you guys for tomorrow, um, either four o'clock or six p.m. What what time works better for you? Well, probably that six p.m. But I I did want to ask you: Is this regular life insurance? Because we have plenty of that. No, it's not regular life insurance. But um, this is a type of mortgage protection where you, you actually don't have to die in order to receive the funds. So it's actually a little bit better. And it's about the same price, so um, I just have to do a little bit of research for you, and it, it'll be in your hands from there. So six o'clock works. Uh, yeah, I think that six o'clock would be the best time to, for us. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, I'll be driving a little gray car, uh, Dick. So should I park in the driveway or on the street? No, the driveway'd be fine. Okay. And the house number? Uh, you're at uh, twenty-six twenty-five. 
Juliet Street. Is that on the mailbox or on the house? On both. Oh, on both? Okay, perfect. All right. And um, is there any reason why you guys wouldn't be there tomorrow about 6 o'clock? Do you guys have anything planned or, you know? No, we sh- we should be home by, by 6 o'clock. That shouldn't be a problem. Okay, perfect. I'm probably going to be running late, you know, just as a heads up. Uh, so, um, you know, if I get there about 6.30, uh, that, that's um, sometime between 6 and 6.30 I'll be there. And um, I'll see you guys then. That's, that would be fine. Okay, good. Thank you. Right. Guys, I hope you listened because what he conveyed was different than what most people say because he conveyed low and slow, do some research, uh, bring this information to you. I mean, it was, it was a total different mindset and approach than what you usually hear. And I've got to tell you the effect on me when he says, before I let you go, mm-hmm. it perks up my ears because I think he's going to be done. So mentally, I want to listen close for whatever is left that he's going to say. I don't know if that's intended uh, from wherever he picked that up and learned that, but this idea of before I let you go, I think it helps the people uh, to stay on the phone longer, Matt. Yeah, it's it's worked pretty well for me, and that's my script I use for A and B leads, um, maybe more towards A leads, but on a B lead, I'll always say something like, because for new agents, they're probably buying older leads, and you're not going to really say exactly what I just said, but I'll say something like, you, you know, I always say, uh, you probably don't remember, uh, but when you took out your loan with, with Wells Fargo, you requested mortgage protection, and I always say, you probably don't remember. I say that a couple times. And because um, I don't want to get in an argument with them, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't fill that out, you know, because you'll get that a lot for old, old leads. Very good. And you know, when he made the comment, I just wanted to let you know we got your paperwork for the mortgage protection uh, at the mortgage protection center. You know, we got your paperwork. Oh, and like you're following up on something that's really important for them and talking in terms of the Mortgage Protection Center. And, and as you go back and listen to this call, listen to the tone of his voice and the cadence with which he spoke because that's where he's grabbing them. And I wish you would have been there that day. And this is why these ETCs are so important because you're getting a lot of this on the call today, but when you're sitting in your seat watching him on the phone with a client and then watching another guy doing live dials next to him with a little bit different approach, and he goes four for five, and the other guy is not that bad, but he went oh for six. It was it was it was funny, but at someone else's expense, you know. And but it was it, it was just amazing. It was magical and mystical, is what I'm trying to say to you. So that's why these ETCs are so important. You know, uh, Matt, thank you so much for being honest. Would you close us out now? I know you were an ignite earner. Uh, your contract level has gone up. Um, I think you're. I don't think. I know you're, you've, you've earned a trip this year. Tell us a little bit about what your goals were for last year and how you met them and what they are for this year. Yeah, so last year my goals were, were you know, my first month I wanted to become an Ignite Award winner. Um, I also wanted to make 130000 I just squeezed in um, on, Janu- uh, on uh, December 31st. I made uh, right at 130834 last year, uh, and that was in ten and a half months um, of uh, – that was ten and a half months of um, 
of income. And then, uh, let's see, yeah, I wanted to take my wife to Maui. We won that trip, so I'll be, uh, I'll be seeing you guys in Maui in, uh, in May. And um, this year I want to, I think with the new trip for Canada, you've got to write two, 250000 issue paid. So that's my goal. That's one of my goals. Um, but also, I'm shifting my thinking to more distribution building. Um, I've always had the goal since last year to become an RM. Um, so I, my goal is to hit RM by August of this year. I've got about three to four uh, unique writers uh, that write business uh, every single week, and I'm trying to increase my unique writer count every single week. So that's one big goal that I have, just really focusing in on unique writers, not so much premium right this second, but you know, qualified unique writers. Um, and uh, I'd like to make you know, uh, over 200000 this year uh, by the end of this year. So those are just some, some goals that I can kind of think of off the, uh, off the top of my head. Um, you know. Well, I know right now you had made the comment that you, uh, contract level, you've gone up several steps so far, but by the time you get to that uh, $250,000 in production, that's probably going to get you close to a 100-point contract. Yeah, so that's yeah, going to make a, a big 90, difference for you. I'm at a 95 right now, and I've, I've been, uh, I got that at the end of December, so, um, and that's right, in, you know, just on personal production. And, um, you know, I've got to do 20000 over these next three months, which I did that last month. I did 20000 issue paid. I've got to do another 20000 this month and another 20000 in March, and I'll be at my 100% contract level. And that's, that's my main goal. And then hopefully to, to increase to a 105, I'll do that with, um, with my distribution building. Quickly, did you intend to build distribution when you first started in February of last year, or have you just kind of grown into that as you've seen the system work? Not day one, but uh, I started a ZipRecruiter uh, account in March of last year, March 4th. So pretty shortly after uh, coming on board, you know, after my first month in the business, I said, you know, hey, I, um, I like being out there grinding, writing business, but I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I don't want to be working, you know, four, four nights a week um, out there. You know, and it, this business is, it can be tough sometimes, um, especially with the hours, different hours uh, that, that I'm working currently. So, yeah, I've always... Um, I always wanted to, to build a team, but it wasn't from exactly day one. I wanted to kind of um, get my, my feet underneath me, and then I started building about um, about three to four weeks later. Great. We want to thank you. Uh, Connie's going to close this out here, but I just want to say thank you very much for jumping on the call, taking your time today, and anytime we can uh, uh, give back to you, we're looking forward to it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, I do have one question. So um, on the phone, if someone says they're not interested, do you just pretty much let go at that point? Or what might you say for someone who literally says we're not interested? Or do you have a set thing? Um, I don't normally have a set thing that I say every single time, but um, I might say um, I understand you're, you're not interested, um, but I just have to do my job and deliver the information. Again, it only takes about 10, 15 minutes, Connie, but, um, you know, uh, how does, does 4 o'clock still work for you? And then if they give me some yeah. more stuff, then, you know, um, I might say, sometimes people say, can you just mail it to me? And I always say, well, that would be awesome, Connie. 
That would be awesome. But, <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they require me to hand-deliver everything. And, you know, you don't have to do any blood work or any kind of doctor's visits like that. But um, just, just need to have you sign off saying that I saw you. Uh, make sure you're not in a wheelchair on, or on oxygen or anything crazy like that. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of time, Connie. I know you're busy. I'm busy. Um, but, um, but like I said, I could squeeze you in about four o'clock. I've, I've got a lot of other families I'm meeting with. Sounds good. Now, uh, concerning when you actually go to the door. So if someone would meet you at the door, uh, I know the object is to get in. Um, do you ever pre? How hard do you press uh, when someone, say, if someone, say, comes out their door and shuts the door behind them? That's a pretty uh, controlling move on someone's part. Uh, what might be yeah. your approach to that? Well, I set it up a little bit differently because as soon as I knock on the door, I'm handing you the clipboard. So I, I've never lost my clipboard before, but um, <laughs> I, I I always just hand it to them, and I and I and that gives me that gives me another ten or fifteen seconds to to like regroup and like if they do give me an objection I, and I don't have something to say like spot on I'll just be like I'll just kind of go back to well I I was in your area helping another family um, I know you you're not that interested right now but um, my job is to just to go over this with you and explain it to you if you've got two minutes um, you know I mean you filled this out. So my job and my duty is to just go over this with you. I just need you to sign off on it. Like I said, it just takes a handful of minutes, and um, I'll be out your hair. And then sometimes they'll say, um, you know, even if they say, well, I'm still not interested, I'll sometimes say, well, you know, fantastic, Connie. But um, I'll say, you know, fantastic. Let me just grab my bag out of my car. I'll be out your hair in about five to ten minutes. And um, sometimes they'll look at me and be like, all right, and then sometimes it'd be like, hold on, man, what are you doing? And I'll start walking away <laughs> and uh, going to get my bag. And they'd be like, hold on, we're, I told you we're not interested. And then you know, obviously, you're not, you're not going to get into every door, but at least I right. tried. You know? Absolutely. And I, I do want to encourage all the new folks on the line today that, you know, Matt did come to this with door knocking being uh, a skill he had honed over, you know, several years of doing it for another business. And so and he had confidence in his skills. And so for those of you who are just starting it, you know, you may not get into very few homes the first week, but the more you do it and the more confidence you gain and the more positive you are about it, <coughs> you too will uh, get in. So Matt, I just have to reiterate what Dick said. Thank you so much. Um, this has been just very helpful for all of us. Thanks, Matt. And guys, take time to go back and listen to this and take time to dissect what, what he has shared with you. Yes, Connie's right. He had the experience of the door knocking first, but the first time he door knocked with the company he was with before, I guarantee he wasn't that good. <laughs> you know, it comes yeah. with practice. That was horrible. And what he, <laughs> yeah, what he's done is he's cut your learning curve probably by 90% because you now know some of the things not to do and some of the things to Matt, thank you very much. Have a good day, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah.